cream of the crop rises to the podcasting top. Yeah, the mega powers of podcasting madness. Lord Everett DeVore and co-host Diego. The Diego and DeVore Show. Uh-huh, that's what I'm talking about. Snap into it. It's the Diego and DeVore Show. Ooh, yeah. Pro wrestling, paranormal, and all things entertainment. From parts unknown, way unknown, here they are, Lord Everett DeVore and co-host Diego. They are the Diego and DeVore Show. All right, here we go with another episode of the Diego and Divorce Show. Diego, damn it, dude, what's shaking, man? How the hell are you? I'm doing pretty good after taking a little time off from the old podcasting, and uh, I heard you did pretty good by yourself over there. Uh, I tried, man. You know, I tried to keep my end of the bargain up, but, you know, let's talk about your vacation, dude. Now, here's the thing. I heard a couple different versions. I heard you went to Bermuda, but then I heard you just went to the Caribbean in general and just kind of toured on a pontoon boat, if you will. Funny you should bring that up. That must have come from Cornelius, didn't it? <laughs> no, I actually fired Cornelius. He didn't make my cornflakes right. Are you kidding me? So is Wendy Stevens back in action? Wendy Stevens is in the house. He's making me a cup of coffee and a bacon sandwich as we speak. Well, that makes sense. No, I mean, I really didn't go that way anywhere exotic, but uh, maybe Bermuda. But you know how I feel about Bermuda Triangle. Hey, but you know, if you're going to go to Bermuda, you know, you're sporting the Invicta watch, the diving watch of champions. What a better place to test it out than Bermuda. Oh, yeah, and I almost bought two earlier this week, but we'll talk about that later after the show. So, Mr. DeVore, there comes a time where we bring in some individuals, and we find them very interesting, to say the least, where people have, a, I'm going to say, very original material or gimmicks or personas, right? As we're combing through the halls of the social medias, you know, whether it's Twitter or Facebook, you know, we always like to find fresh young talent. Something that caught my my eye. I I don't. I'm sorry. I didn't really send you this. So I'm watching this guy. You know, pulling up one of the slickest heel moves I've seen. Where you know sometimes these referees they don't pay attention very well. But you know you've seen people that use the Fuji salt or they use uh, brass knucks, maybe the chair. Right? You've seen that thousands of times. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever seen somebody take an old style 1800s looking fairy book, you know, a storybook like this big and just whack somebody in the throat with it? I have not. And you know what? That would be pretty damn interesting to see. Well, have I got a treat for you and the listeners of Diego and Divorce Show. So tonight we're going to bring on somebody who is a graduate of the Nightmare Factory and he's going into his six years of being a professional wrestler, that's still very, very young in the business, but he's out there looking like he's, you know, more of a veteran than anything else. And I'd like to introduce to the fans of Diego and the War Show, the storybook prince himself, Prince Gaston. Mr. Pr- Gaston, welcome to the Diego and the War Show. It's a pleasure having you on. You're very entertaining, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on, you guys. Now, before so- we go into anything else, you cannot give me that kind of a teaser and just move along like nothing happened. So I got to know, when you whack the dude in the throat with this book, I need to know one of two things. Does the fairy dust pop out all over the place? Or is it just a bunch of dust in general because it's an 1800s book? And do they sell it like a shotgun blast? And so I'm going to tell you right now, it's more or less uh, the dust from a couple of hundred years into it. Because it is a legit 1800s uh, book of fairy tales. It is filled with like 
oh goodness, 50, I think, stories in it. A a good friend of mine, Danny Mead, who is a a wonderful referee uh, out in the Georgia area, uh, is the one that brought that book to my attention, and it has to be the most wonderful thing I have ever taken to the ring with me, ever. Wow. And now you're saying it's a legit, this is a shoot 1800s book. This is this is a shoot 1800-year-old book. I, I can't believe that he found it, let alone that he would just give it to me um, as, a, as a gift like that. It, and oh, my goodness. When you talk about – so I introduced as the storybook prince. Yeah, this is the thing that really had it come right together. As soon as I got this book, uh, it was like everything about Gaston just fell into place. Now, did you have this book appraised before you started willy-nilly whacking people in the head with this thing? I'll be honest, he he gave it to me at a show, and my first thought was, oh, I know I can use this, and that was was all there was to it. So you could Uh, be sitting there whacking somebody with a $250,000 book. You know, the old fairy tale books, I love those stories to death. Uh, Normally, that sort of thing isn't the most valuable, uh, but I got to tell you right now, it's getting me a pretty nice winner's purse every now and then, so it's uh, valuable to me, if anything. There you go. Nice. One of the things I noticed is why I said like, I gotta have this guy on. Wait till I tell Devore about this because we've seen a lot of things in wrestling, but you know I've never seen a, you know I've seen wrestlers write books, but you know not whack people in the throat, which is it was a very awesome looking thing. Devore, I'm gonna send you that link here soon after the show, and you can uh, take a gander if you will. Absolutely, I cannot wait to see that. There's a lot of gimmicks out there right now, and I think we're, we're coming slowly back into the world of professional wrestling where gimmicks are becoming very important, and it, it goes through cycles. Uh, if you're like DeVore and I, we grew up in the 70s and 80s and the early 90s where a lot of the – it was very character-driven. Everybody had a gimmick, and then there was the um, – it went from – you have your Undertakers, you have Adrian Adonis's, you have your Akeem's, you know, Boss Man moved to the 90s with Air, Attitude Era where people started using more of the – their real names, but still had gimmicks. But, but we went away from that for a while. Now we're coming back to the age where gimmicks are very important. Where did the influence for the storybook prints come from? Okay, uh, so right right from the get-go, what you just said. Back in the day, those gimmicks were, were very big. And for like the last, oh, I don't know, what would you guys say, like 20 years, something like that, most people just want to be themselves. They want to be themselves turned up to 11. Uh, I can't think of anything more boring than watching an everyday guy take his shirt off and start swinging at another everyday guy. Uh, for me, um, and the 90s aren't too far ago, but for me back in the day seeing someone like Sting, and I'm talking bleach blonde hair, multicolored Sting, um, just colors popping out, something different every week, the, those were the kind of guys that, that, jumped, out to, that jumped out to me. Um, the, I, I found them extremely entertaining. They were fun to watch before they were even fighting anybody. They'd make their entrance, and automatically their presence just explodes right to you. Um, and then when they're in the ring, they're doing some of the most entertaining things between moves that most people have, have ever seen. That was what was something that was really important to me about pro wrestling was that it wasn't just the competition. It was the entertainment. It was fun to watch. Um, and a lot of people, as the years went on, a no offense to them, I feel like they've lost sight of that. And that was something that I really hoped to bring back myself. Uh, when I was just uh, finding myself uh, as guest on, that, that was another thing, too. 
you didn't need 40 names to know who someone was. Like as soon as someone said Sting, you knew who Sting was. You knew you knew who someone like Kane was when he popped up. Uh, Gaston is Gaston. Storybook Prince, obviously a lot of people relate me to the, the classic Disney uh, character, which I completely understand. That's one of my old favorite Disney classics right there with Beauty and the Beast. Uh, but it's just right off the bat, as soon as you say – so as soon as you said Gaston to anyone in the last 20 years, they knew the exact Gaston that you were talking about, and that was something that I wanted. Uh, I wanted my name to be something that as soon as you heard it, I am the first face in your mind, the first thing. Uh, right off uh, the, the bat, uh, Diego is telling you, Devor, about, oh, man, I saw this book spot right to the throat. I've seen chairs and all these other things a thousand times but never a book. That was what was most important to me. What can I, what can Gaston do that is so original that if you were to ever see it again, the first or hear about it again, the first thing you're going to think of is me, and that is where a lot of this came from. Well, and that's a beautiful thing because it, it's a finisher that you can do to anybody. It doesn't matter how big they are, how tall they are, how small they are, um, if they're a bodybuilder or if they're just a big roly-poly tough guy. They can all feel that book and you can relate to oh my god he just crushed his windpipe well so the thing about that too is not just that book but there's quite a few things that i do uh that body size is not a factor uh i i i know my own size i know my own physical limitations at the moment and again about that book you can't just do the same thing over again you have to be creative you have to be clever what is something not only that that the crowd hasn't seen, but this other guy hasn't seen, that they're not going to expect coming. And that I am very proud that other than not just that book, but a majority of my moveset is things you haven't seen and things where your height and weight are not a factor when you're uh, fighting guests on. What's your go-to finish besides the book? So I have this move. It is called, uh, I call it Happily Ever After. Uh, and basically what it is is I can catch you uh, right underneath your uh, your arm and pick up your leg, and I can do a big swing uh, where you're landing flat on your face. So for a lot of heavier set guys compared to myself, they're already off balance because I'm strong enough to pick you up by uh, one leg alone and balance you across my back. So most people – no offense to them, a lot of bigger guys, they don't even have the balance to stand on one leg. And so all it takes is a good swing, and they're landing flat on their face. Like, um, if uh, uh, if Diego sends you that clip of me hitting the guy in the throat, literally right after that, I'm hitting him with happily ever after, and that dude spiked on top of his head because uh, he just couldn't control his balance, and he went swinging. And I'll tell you that is your gimmick got me first. And I'm normally – I'm not a gimmick first. I like to see the in-ring work. Mm-hmm. But something drew me to it, and I think that's a good strategy because you have the gimmick, but you can back it up with good ring work. Sometimes one has the gimmick, but no ring work. One has the ring work, doesn't really have much to say on the mic or have a real look, but you put both together. What experience did you have to create such a character in the past? I know you're a fan of, of that kind of stuff, but there has to have been something that uh, put two and two together and just, you know, it, it married very well. So um, a lot of uh, a lot of close friends of mine definitely attribute that to. Uh, I, so I've always been a fan uh, of wrestling ever since I I can remember. Just like like most people, I would imagine that would actually take their first bump and keep doing this. If you if you weren't a fan of it from from baby age, you'll probably stop after that first bump. 
Um, so I've been a fan of pro wrestling for as long as I can remember. But before I could even get into it, I have a whole background in uh, theater and musical theater. And a lot of a lot of people attribute my, I guess would say, uh, ring presence, giant personality. Like you said, Diego, uh, if, if you guys were to see an entrance, I'm going to catch you with that entrance before I even hit that ring. You'll already have my name in your mouth. I think a lot of that comes from years and years of of being on stage doing musicals and straight plays where these people know that they're here to watch, you know, some old Jane Austen play or something like that. And I have to make them believe how real it is, even though they just paid $12 to sit down and see me on a stage. And so when I'm coming out uh, to the ring for, for my entrance, my presence during a match in general, after a match, I think a lot of that has come from over the years of I have to be so big and so convincing that as soon as I go out to the ring, I already know how to do that part. It's just been engraved in me. Uh, I, I I didn't start wrestling until, uh, yeah, about, about six years ago, and obviously I was already a grown adult, uh, but I'd been doing theater for most of my life, and that stage presence, I guess you'd call it, I thought that transferred very well to, uh, to professional wrestling. Yeah, because uh, Mr. DeVore, our years in and out of the ring, we've been closing in on 30. We've met a lot of people who become wrestlers who either are professional sports people, they were maybe some were actors, you name it. I've never met a person that's had a stage theater experience that then became professional wrestler. You, you kind of really don't put two and two together, but in, in what you're talking about, it's almost like pro wrestling because unlike movies, TV, or anything else where you could take a whole day to cut a movie and a mm-hmm. scene in theater, just like wrestling, you got to get it right from the start because there's yeah, no do there over. No, there is no do overs. You better be good. You better get it right the first time. And then when you go back out again the next night, you better get it right there too. Let's talk about that part of your experience. So what, what, um, what plays did you do? What performances? Oh goodness. Uh, I've been in, wow, it feels like way too many to count. Uh, pretty much a lot of the classics anybody would, uh, would know. Uh, I did, uh, Oklahoma, uh, I played uh, uh, Ali Hakim in that, or Ali Hakim, whichever version that you know you prefer when it comes to that. Uh, I just did Sense and Sensibility, the uh, Jane Austen book. I played John Willoughby in that. Oh uh, goodness, uh, let's see here. Oh, um, uh, one of my one of my favorites. I'm a big fan of murder mysteries. Uh, I always thought those were really interesting. And so I played uh, Sergeant Trotter in. Um, oh my goodness, I don't know why that name is explaining me right now. I, just thought of the character name, but not the play. Well, I'm sorry. I'm blanking out on the title of that one. Um, yeah, sorry, I, like you said, you've done so many of these things. It's... It, it, it really has. It, it's taken over. I've done um, uh, Shrek the Musical. Uh, goodness. Uh, I did Cinderella as well. Uh, any any ca- big character show uh, is what is what I, I enjoy the the more realistic shows like Sense Sensibility in Oklahoma. But any character show like like Shrek the Musical, Cinderella, the fairy tale stuff. Oh man, I jumped for those uh, in a in a heartbeat. I, I, you can probably tell from my character. That's easily what I was uh, drawn to is our big character stuff. That's amazing, man. So, Mr. DeVore, you know, I, you're a fan of musical theater. You've been through a few of those yourself, haven't you? Yes. And it, it, what he's saying, it, it, there's a big factor. Like you said, it's almost like professional wrestling. You got one chance and one chance only to shine. You know, for lack of a better term, you shit the bed, you're done. And uh, just going by what I've seen so far, it's been an, a huge asset to you. And I don't understand why more guys don't go that route. Now, I'm not saying you got to go out and you got to get into musical theater, but any type of theater work 
will prepare the groundwork for what you've got to do on the entertainment aspect of this business. Uh, it, uh, sorry, it just hit me. It's uh, the mousetrap, uh, Agatha Christie. That's mm. your that's your good murder mystery person. Sorry about that. Uh, no, but you, you're you're absolutely right on that. It's definitely not a path that you that you have to take. It's when it comes to pro wrestling. Uh, I'm sure you guys obviously know. Uh, there's a lot of different skills from your everyday life that you can draw from. Um, I, I've heard in a few interviews that. Uh, uh, some people did theater or show choir, anything to help them build up their stage presence. A lot of people are getting into bodybuilding for the physical aspect of it or parkour so they can get used to moving around uh, uh, and trying to be uh, safer with any of their bumps and rolls, things like that. Uh, like to, For me, theater was just one of the things that I happened to do that I enjoyed that I definitely noticed, oh my goodness, I could take this skill and this skill and this skill and bring it with me to pro wrestling. And now that I'm finally getting trained and finally doing it and finally performing, uh, it's pretty much a hit or miss of, well, what's working for me? What's not working for me? Oh my goodness, this is actually something like my my stage presence alone. That's I, that obviously it's how I got the uh, the interview with you guys uh, has definitely helped me a ton. Uh, and then like if you were to if you were to watch the uh, Nightmare Factory Showcase Camp Three, that was the one that I was in. Uh, there's there's the good five minute match, so you can see how I am in the ring, and I think you'll see quite a few things that you don't normally see. Uh, that again come from that creative side of in theater you just have to make whatever you have work whether you have money or not and when it came to pro wrestling it's the same thing if you're not investing in yourself and trying to make work what you have i don't know how you're going to get you know any further than where you are now the skill set that you have in theater how did that translate into promo work with your cadence and your articulation was it easy to transfer it or did you find that Sometimes you just you went a little too far with the cadence and had to I, dial it back. I definitely found it uh, very easy to transfer in general uh, because so when you're doing a, a theater show, there are um, just a lot of different lines that you might have in general. But to me, promo work was very similar to when you're on stage performing a monologue. Um, you know, you're. Uh, I'm sure you guys know when you're doing your monologue, you might have a couple of paragraphs of where you're just you know, pouring your soul out to the audience or, or to another character on stage. To me, when I was doing a promo, that camera was automatically my audience. I would look slightly above it and boom, it was just it was just like performing again. Um, or I mean, it, hardly anything changed other than I'm just making up my own lines now instead of uh, memorizing something, uh, which, depending on the situation, is is definitely the better way to go. Uh, I think the oh, it's always can, it's always I, better to come from the heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely think no matter whatever your your situation is or whatever you're you're doing your promo on or who or, or whatever is going on uh, from the heart was always uh, always my go to and always the way to go. But at that same time, the ability to take my regular words and then let them just explode out. Yeah, that came from all those years of doing theater monologues where, oh, I already know how I should speak. I already know how uh, how careful I need to be with my diction uh, to make sure that I'm not slurring words or, or missing anything, especially anything that I feel is important to say, which, you know, for most people's promos, you might get, what, 30 seconds if you're lucky. Uh, so you need to make every single word you say count. That's a sharp man right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you talk about doing it in the past, so you're not doing any of that at all? So why did you stop? Uh Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, so just from what I'm feeling, so like um, we would have at the, when I was at the factory, uh, we would have promos every week. Uh, and so it just went from that to now uh, the shows that I'm working now, 
uh, will like hit someone over the head with a hammer to uh, figure out what what I'm doing or who I'm with because that's what I want to do. I want to cut that 30 second promo. I want people to watch it on social media, which people's uh, they don't have the best. Um, you know, most people don't pay attention for longer than a minute if you're lucky. Uh, so you want it to be quick, but you also want it to be meaningful and impactful. Uh, some people, I appreciate the the pay for sure, uh, but when you're not, a lot of promoters aren't advertising their shows in a way that that I would agree with. Um, and it's, hey, I need these people to know who I am before they show up. This is how you do it. Here's promos. Please don't make me be the other promo. You better be beating these other guys over the head with a stick to make sure that they're either going to return something to me or just about the show in general, you know? Um, so a lot, a lot of it is, hey, I've got a promo for you. Here it is. And then I just hope that they put it up if they're either doing that with their show or just paying attention whatsoever. Because, you know, you can only reach so many people on your own social media, which I, I am doing it out, out the behind. Uh, but... For anyone that doesn't know me or doesn't follow me on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, they're going to follow the show that they're going to. And I need those promoters to promote their talent, which no offense to everybody else. Obviously, I care more about me than the rest of them. But uh, if you are promoting your talent, people are more likely to be like they show up. They know who I am. They're ready to buy merch. They want to take pictures. They're ready to cheer or or boo or whatever it is they want to do. Uh, it makes me seem it makes me seem more important uh, for that promoter to be like, oh, I need to bring you back. Or obviously, these people are here to see you, Gaston. So that means you're in the main event and you're in that title match. And uh, I have no other reason to say no to you because that crowd of 300 people, they're here to see you because they know who you are. Uh, I just I hope for the best when throwing things like that out there. But then there's some people they just. You know, they, they don't want to do anything. It's just a lazy show, and hey, thanks for my paycheck. You'll be lucky if I'm back. Wow. I wish I could encapsulate what you just said right there and throw it up on social media every single day of the week because that right there is what's wrong with 99.5% of not only the companies out there, but most of the workers. They mm -hmm. feel that, hey, man, I showed up. Give me my envelope. Let me mm -hmm. know what I'm doing. Have a nice day. They don't get what you just said. If every person thought that way from the opening match to the main event, it wouldn't be 300 people to show. It'd be 1,000 every single time. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, and I know, I know it's not everyone, but I'm with you that I also feel it's a vast majority of people and it's, hey man, if you want this to feel like Madison Square Garden it ju man, just promote it just a little bit, just promote it a little bit and it will explode. People that don't even watch uh, pro wrestling on the normal, they're going to be like, oh wow, what is this? This seems like a big deal. Well, let's go check it out. And then bam, suddenly they're fans for life because of, of someone like Gaston or, or someone like like some other guy who happens to be the champion or maybe another big character guy that, that's that's there who's just uh, you know super good with kids or with adults or with whatever your demographic is. But just, man, if you would just, just put yourself out there and just – it's not even – the thing about it, I don't mean to be hijacking the show on this. I definitely feel very passionately about it. Um, no, hijack I, it, away, just, brother. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those things where it's not even hard to do. I think taking I think taking the bumps is hard and, and lifting the weights and eating right and getting your body in that feet physical feet 
peak physical condition, sorry, uh, diction, um, is extremely important. But that that is the hard work. That is the, oh, my goodness, I don't know if I'm going to make it to tomorrow kind of work. Cutting a promo and just letting your voice be heard and letting the people know who you are, whether you're some big, giant character like Gaston or maybe you're just the everyday Joe. Well, at least let them know who the everyday Joe is and why the everyday Joe can make a fist and punch someone in the mouth and they're not going to get up from it. Like it's Again, 30 seconds is not hard, not in the slightest. Just put it out there and you, they would be surprised how many people would, uh, would jump on that bait. Uh, if they could just see them and hear them for more than 10 seconds, you know? Yeah, it's amazing because Mr. DeVore, and I'm, let me to cut you off, Gustav. Do you remember a few years back when uh, first UCW started? There was a gentleman, Jeffrey Bravo, right? Mm-hmm. When he came out from the curtains into the ring, he had ring that ring presence long before he entered the ring and also translated into his promo and to his in-ring work. I'm sort of getting a little bit of a Jeffy Bravo feel with Gaston because <laughs> as soon as he comes out from the curtain, he's commanding respect. Now, I'm just saying that they respect him as, as the word, but I'm saying, watch me. All eyes are on me. For the second you walk out of that locker room, you go down the aisle, make your entrance into the ring, and you start working, it just gives you like a little – doesn't that remind you a little bit of that, you know, that professionalism? Oh, absolutely, because uh, people like Mr. Gaston, people mm-hmm. like Jeffrey Bravo, when they initially get booked on the show, a lot you'll hear a lot of the same grumbling and the same bullshit. Well, I'm in better shape than him. I'm taller than him. I'm this, I'm that. They don't get it until they sit there and they watch from point A to point Z. And then they turn around and look and go, hey man, I'd like to work him. Because mm-hmm. you get what this business is about. Believe it or not, a lot of people don't understand it. It's really not about what happens from bell to bell. It's what happens to get them to that point and the payoff afterwards. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the kicker is to get them to like it enough that they buy that second ticket, the third ticket, the fourth ticket, the fifth ticket. Yeah, you know, you get that you get that following that, you know, it's very important in in professional wrestling. So Gaston, so How's been how has been the uh, reaction when you come out from the locker room? Because I can imagine it's because it's something they'd never really seen before. So how's been the response from not only the fans but the promoters as well? I, I got to tell you that uh, the the fans are one way, and that promoter is the exact opposite. Because normally wherever I'm going, uh, as soon as I walk out of that curtain, oh man, those people hate me. They know my name, but they hate me. Um, but for the promoters in the back, though, they couldn't be more happy because half the time uh, it's the most reaction their crowd has given to anyone or any match of that night. And I definitely pride myself on facts like that. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of my times are definitely uh, people don't know how they feel about me until they see me work, until they see me go from curtain to curtain. Uh, and I completely understand that. Uh, I think I'm in pretty good shape, but I'm definitely not what some would call a body guy. Um, and I'm not throwing out uh, videos of super spots left and right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just not my taste. Um, 
As soon as the match is over, I come back through that curtain. Oh, that promoter loves me. That booker loves me. Oh, man, I can think of you know four or five stories I can do with you starting next week, Gaston. You're going to be back, right? We can't wait to have you back. You're going to be at the next show. Are you going to pay me the same or a little bit more? Well, then here I am. Um, from a lot of uh, – you mentioned some of the locker room in general in the back. Oh, I can't wait to work him. I'm not going to have to do anything, and it's probably going to be the best match I have this year. Oh, you know, yeah, it's going to be very entertaining, isn't it? And you're not going to feel like you just, you know, almost killed yourself to have it, uh, which is that so – and that in general is it's just my style of work. It's the way that I like to work. Uh, every now and then uh, someone wants to, wants to have their uh, I'm a big bad uh, athlete moment, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'll make you look great. Um but for the most part, as soon as someone has their first or second match with me, they are they are hooked. Oh, I can't wait to wrestle you again. I hope you're going to be back at this show. Oh, we should do a feud. And then that way the next four matches are the easiest matches I'll ever have with the biggest payoff. Because half the time, those people that want to work with me were then usually working toward a belt for that promoter or the main event for that promoter or where the main st personal story that's going on that people are actually uh, invested in. Those, so again, that crowd, that crowd may hate me to death, but I am also the one that they are giving the most noise to constantly the whole match there's a lot of people have that uh have that roller coaster of the up and down moments in their match i think that's that's great psychology and there's nothing wrong with that uh it feels like when you're out there with me half the time and uh, please message anybody that i have ever worked with and ask them um it's not a roller coaster ride it's we just got in a spaceship and we're still going up 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 uh for the whole five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes uh, they're they're invested and they're not letting go. And another thing about that that the guys in the back enjoy for me is that so I go out there, the crowd is invested, they know who Gaston is. I also make sure they know who that other guy is too. His name is also in their mouths. I'm not just out there for me. I'm I'm hoping to win. I'm hoping to get the belt, but I want them to know every single person that I'm uh, out there fighting as well, because then there's someone that they can cheer for, that they can be happy to see, whose name they do know. And now that person likes me anymore because Gaston just made them a star. And I don't see anything wrong with making other people a star. I mean, hey, I, most likely at the end of the day, uh, I'm probably going on top, and there's nothing wrong with that either. But if that other guy is a star, can't wait to come back and make more money with you because they're coming to see us now. Instead of just me, they're coming to see us. And what's better for that show is better for me. Wrestling 101, right? You'd think so. <laughs> wow, I'm already excited and full of energy just wanting to, you know, trying to keep up with him and Lord DeVore. And, and I know we're going to segue into something here real quick with, with, I guarantee you keep it up with Gaston is going to take a lot of energy and something for you and I where guys knocking on the door at 50, we might need a little extra boost. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I do. And you know, I, I got to agree with you, man. I mean, we've been going now for, you know, we're doing the marathon 32 minute mark at this point and I'm blown up. I'm tired. And you know, back when we were on the road, we didn't have what the kids have today. All we had was that get it and go gas station crappuccino and the dollar hot dog to fire down at three in the morning to keep us going to the next town. Today's kids don't have that. They have Rogue Energy and Rogue Energy was actually designed for you gamers. You love to sit up all night and play your modern warfare games or your wrestling games. Rogue Energy was actually invented for you and it's a number one energy drink in America. Now, the best thing about Rogue Energy, it doesn't taste like a can full of metal. It's actually powder. You put it in your favorite shaker cup, you shake it up and drink it. It tastes like Kool-Aid. I shit you not. It tastes like Kool-Aid. 
Now, if you're diabetic, most of their flavors are sugar-free, so you don't have to worry about your numbers going up. But for me, the best thing of all about Rogue Energy is a sustained energy all day long. Red Bull, Monster, they're good. But let's face it, you drink it, you get your rush, and then three hours later, you got to take a nap. You don't get that with Rogue. Now, for you fans of the Diego and Divorce Show, Diego is going to tell you how to pinch some pennies, if you will, save a little bit of money, and get that energy you need all day long. Diego, let them know. Well, in today's day, you got to save every little penny you can because, you know, just like when you and I were on the road, we had to save all the pennies for the gas money and that dollar hot dog and split that between two of us for an hour <laughs> car ride. So let, let me tell you how you can save a little bit of money when you visit RogueEnergy.com or you can go to the DiegoAndDivorceShow.com, scroll and see, take a gander at the uh, Rogue Energy banner, click on that at checkout when you – Go through the whole plethora of selections, whatever flavor you like. At the checkout, put the Diego on Divorce Show. That's Diego Shift 7 Divorce Show. That is the promo code to save you 10% off your total order. And I know in today's kind of days like this that you want to save a little bit of money. Diego and Divorce, we got the hookup. Isn't that right, big guy? Sharing is caring, my brother. You got that right. Back to the Diego and Divorce Show. Our guest tonight, the very entertaining storybook prince, Gaston. My brother, I mean... We could end this on a high note, which we are, but we're gonna keep we're gonna keep digging into what's going on with you. So, yeah, I see I mean, you're we very. We haven't even scratched the fanboy questions yet. <laughs> I got I, I got to go back to the headlock and slow this down, man. <laughs> Grab that Let's arm, take, buddy. Breather. Take a rest. Yeah, rest. That's it. So I see you're a very busy person. Where are you gonna be? Because I know now that the world's open back up, we're almost at 100% normal in wrestling shows. A lot of them are packing the houses now. So where are you going to be in 2022? Because uh, I know your schedule's filling up. So uh, uh, a lot of what we did last year, and uh, me and this this handful of people that I like to do things with every now and then, um, and this year for sure is we're looking at Memphis. Uh, I know from from your own show that you guys have had a couple of guys from Championship Wrestling from Memphis, yes. and I uh, I was just in Tennessee uh, last weekend. And I am starting to, to push on Tennessee to try to make a little more of a name for Gaston there because I went on championship wrestling from Memphis. And I know if I can start making some waves out there, that's exactly where I'm going to end up. Those, uh, what was that? I believe it was Mike Anthony, uh, Austin Lane, and Brett Michaels you guys have uh, have interviewed. And those are definitely – so I am uh, aware of – of Austin Lane and Mike Anthony, because those are some of the guys that were around when I first started all those years ago. And I and, and I don't think they've seen Gaston in quite a long, long time. And I would love to show them the uh, the kind of guy that I have turned into. Um, but not just uh, Tennessee either. So a lot of my work the last year was uh, here in uh, Arkansas and over there in Georgia uh, as well. And I'm not I'm not holding out on those either. So definitely Arkansas, Georgia, and Tennessee are are for sure. If I'm not in one place, I'm in the other. Um, it looks like that hopefully. Um, here in the next little bit, I can get my foot into some Texas promotions too. I'm definitely more of a, a South Central, Southeastern uh, right now. Um, a lot of friends that I made at the uh, at the Nightmare Factory uh, have been asking me to come uh, to some of their shows, and I'm hoping, you know, fingers crossed, that I can get myself out to uh, in Illinois uh, and Alabama as well for some of those guys. Uh, who I'd really love to uh, to get my hands on, uh, and New York as well. Um, so I wrestled a guy, uh, Sweet Cheeks, in the Nightmare Factory Showcase, Joey Silver. Um, 
good guy. I like him a whole bunch. Uh, he's he's upstationed in New York, so we don't really get to see much of each other. And I would love to get up there and surprise him in New York. And hopefully, because I know a couple of people, I don't want to throw their names out there. I know a couple of people, though, that can get me in to where he's at. And I'd love to surprise that guy. Uh, I just, Lord knows if that's going to happen this year. Hey, fingers crossed. I'd love to be a New York guy for a hot minute. Uh, but a lot of my stuff is definitely uh, uh, southern, south, uh, south central, uh, southeastern, and the occasional pop up uh, going to to the west if we can. Um, oh goodness, I'd like to give you guys some specific places. Uh, actually, um, you know, I'm sure they won't mind this. In uh, in June, or I believe it's June or July, I have to look again. Uh, in Arkansas, there's a big show in North Little Rock. The uh, the battle at the Catalina Wine Mixer. Uh, I was on that last year. They're doing another one again this year. It was huge. So so Devor, that was my that was my oh my goodness, this feels like a thousand people show. Uh, and they knew me right from the get go. So I knew I knew that that was that was the place to be. They're doing another uh, yearly show of it this year and this summer. That's if you see as soon as anyone sees the flyers for that because they will be up for me. Uh, you'll find me there in a heartbeat. I wouldn't miss that show for the world. And I want to go now. Sounds I, had, I had a blast last year um, at that show, uh, especially with all the talent that they brought in too. Because uh, normally when it comes to uh, to professional wrestling in general, Arkansas is not one of the states that a lot of people think of. You know, Memphis, Memphis, uh, Tennessee has, has all that rich history in it. And so does Atlanta, Georgia, which is reasons why I'm trying to get to more of Tennessee and why I've been in Georgia the last year. Uh, I love what some of these people out here in Arkansas are doing. Uh, and I like this is one of those shows where, oh, this could be the real change. Uh, right here in North Little Rock and Little Rock, that could be the real the real change for this area that is long overdue, uh, and I'm very excited to be a part of it. Right, so before you reach where you're at now, every story, no pun intended, mm. has a beginning, and we're talking after the stage into the Nightmare Factory. So how was it training at the Nightmare Factory? What was one of the biggest takeaways from there? The uh, so I had oh man probably the best experience in pro wrestling I have probably ever had is at the nightmare factory those months there let me let me walk you right through the front door on this okay you you pull into the parking lot you walk through that door the very first room you in is state-of-the-art gym i have never seen so much sophisticated equipment in my life uh there was this uh there was this thing called the vertimax machine and what it is it's like resistance jumping you put a belt around your waist and the machine underneath you is uh is holding you back as you're trying to leap up uh, I think my vertical went up by like, ah, oh, jeez, like three inches from that machine over those three months. Uh, it's it, it was ridiculous. I do the most beautiful drop kicks now that I have never been able to do until just recently because of that machine. Um, so you walk right into that weight room. The very next room you're going into, big beautiful. Oh uh, goodness, it's got to at least be fifty yards. It might be a whole hundred. Uh, there's an indoor field uh, right there. And not just for cardio, we'll, we would be grabbing um, – um, oh, my goodness. Man, I'm just drawing a blank on, like, casual everyday things. Uh, the, the, the bars that you would do deadlifts with that go around your entire feet. So you'll be picking those up, and I've got the calluses to prove it from that stuff. I busted my hand open at least twice on this thing. Um, and going up and down with 45 plates on that thing. Uh, his name – our, our, our strength and conditioning coach. So they have a coach for every little thing that you do. We, they got plenty of people for in-ring work. Um, Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall were there every single day with us. 
There was not a day they missed. I can't stress that enough because uh, a lot of people are going to different uh, schools to learn their craft, which I think is uh, phenomenal. Uh, education is the most important thing you can have. But a lot of their big names that drew those people to those schools, they aren't there. It's uh, it's someone else that you're not really aware of. Hopefully they're good at what they what they do. Um, I would assume they are, otherwise they wouldn't have a job. But you're not getting the one-on-one attention from who you think you're going to be. At the Nightmare Factory, there wasn't a day that Cody Rhodes or QT Marshall missed. Um, and so all of our in-ring work, uh, they had four rings, by the way. Most places have one. Uh, we had four rings. Cody and QT are with us. Um, uh, Ten and Alan Angels are also there. There was a handful of AEW people that would stop in all the time. Uh, Ricky Starks is there uh uh, every now and then, given uh, advice, watching after our five-minute matches, uh, that's where Jade is training right now. I'm sure you guys see how well she's doing. Uh, that girl was there every day that we were there. So if anybody were to say, oh, I don't know if she's earning it. Well, she's earning it, you know, five days a week at that place. So I think she's doing pretty good. Um, so a lot of people that are actually doing what everyone hopes to get up to. And those people are there to not just only give me advice for in-ring work and for promo work, but also, hey, this is how I'm lifting in the gym. Is my form correct? Oh, well, let me help you with that, uh, Gaston. Oh, well, this is, I'm having a problem with cardio. Do you have any tips? Uh, there was this um, suit. The strength and conditioning coach, his name is Coach uh, Ian Childress. Um, and what it is is you put on this, it looks like a robot skeleton, Um it, it feels like, uh, oh, it feels like there's rubber. So I have a handle in one hand, a handle in the other hand, and something wrapped around my feet. And it goes up my legs, up my back, uh, down my arms, and across my chest. So it feels like you're wearing a suit. And what it is is it's, a, it's like a resistance cable for your body. So we're getting in the ring. We're doing uh, 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 down and ups, up and overs from the corner, hitting the ropes so many times. And that's a part of the cardio. All these creative exercises that aren't just football, basketball exercises, but specifically specifically for pro wrestling. That's what we're doing here. It's stuff I never would have thought of on my own. Uh, you're there about, uh, oh goodness, like five hours a day. Um, you might have like a 10-minute break, a uh, 15-minute break between ring work and strength and conditioning. Uh, but like that's the thing. You know, you're, you're there to work your body to its peak and actually try to learn and perform. And this isn't just blow-up drills. We are doing everything from the basics to more complicated things. QT wants us. It's like, okay, so this is this move that I'm sure you guys know. Show it to me. Uh, something as simple as getting in and out of the ring, uh, headlocks, suplexes, uh, the actual dr the up-and-over drills, things like that, things that you think – oh, this is so basic, why would I need to keep going over this? Because it's a part of every single thing that you do, and they drill that into you. Uh, I, I've never seen cleaner, um, when I was there, I've never seen cleaner first-time bumping. Uh, I think we had about three people that were there with me that had never uh, trained before. Um, they were uh, they were athletes, and they, and they looked the part too, but they have never bumped, they never hit the ropes, anything like that. I've watched people take like a full year just to do a simple back bump. These people are doing it in a couple of days, and it's not because they're athletes. It's because QT is right there with them and with us that every little movement you're making, they got a magnifying glass on it, and they're not going to let you do the wrong thing. They'll let you know what's wrong, and the thing is they're not going to let you do the wrong thing. They'll, they'll let you know what's wrong. They're not jerks about it. You know, some people, they want to they wanna pretend to be a high school football coach and just bite your head off. That is not what this place is. You work just as hard, but it couldn't be more welcoming and friendly. 
Uh, I was very, very – so I'm expecting – no offense. I know the life of pro wrestling. I'm expecting the worst, okay? I get – especially with people that are from that athletic background when I first walked in and saw the other people that were there in that camp with me. Uh, when I knew who my trainers were going to be plus the other people that were there, as soon as we were introduced to all the coaches and we heard their backgrounds, I was just like, oh, my goodness, you are a like a professional athlete's coach. Am I going to be able to make it through this? Uh, hardest thing I've ever done in my life. They, everyone there was so supportive. Like you think you're going to die, but they're not there to beat you down. I'm like, oh, come on, hurry up and do it. It's this person's turn next. They're more like, come on, you've only got two more. You can do it. Like all the cheering that you that a lot of people like to hear from their crowd. That's what I'm getting from this camp and these people. So even though it was the physically the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and it was, uh, I, I, pl I play football, uh, musical theater can get really crazy at some times, like I'm not going to denounce anyone that does dance. Um, there has been nothing I've ever felt in my entire life like those months at the Nightmare Factory, and those people couldn't have been bigger sweethearts the whole time. Uh, if there was anywhere for someone to go to either uh, you know, get your first bumps in, Hey, this is what pro wrestling is. Let me show you what it is. As opposed to someone like me, I've been doing it for a handful of years, but I knew I was missing something. I was missing things, and I couldn't figure it out. Bam. As soon as I got into the Nightmare Factory a couple of months into it, I was like, why did I never think of any of these things before? It, it feels so simple now that I know them, but I needed someone like QT and Cody to walk me through it, which most places you're lucky if you have anyone that would know someone like them, let alone them. And, and they were some of the nicest people I've met in pro wrestling. And do you know what they call that? Sitting under the learning tree. And that's oh, what's man. missing almost entirely. I, I, I completely agree. I, I wish there was more ways to get under a legit learning tree than, than what a lot of people have to go through just to get their foot in the door. If... If there were just more places like this, more people like them that were willing to hand out that knowledge um, and not just hand out that knowledge, but have the temperament to be able, OK, this person is not a prodigy. I'm going to have to hold his hand. But one day he can be something like that just has that attitude, that positive attitude to go forward. I'm not talking about being a pushover, but just to have that support. Uh, I man, I wish I had had that the last uh, five years before last year. Oh. What an experience! What a glowing, you know, glowing endorsement of of Nightmare Factory. And uh, you know, so the the thing about yeah. that is, I wouldn't even call it an endorsement. Uh, the truth is the truth, and for anyone that doesn't believe it, man, just just show up, just show up and go, and then tell me what you think after it. I'm pretty sure you're going to be speaking the way that I'm speaking right now. All right, I'm pretty sure, you know, and it's one of those things that DeVore and I we talked about for a long time is there's training just to get training and go out there, do your thing. But there's something different about what you're talking about. We're talking about not only training, but it's a lifestyle. You're just mm -hmm. not doing it to show off for your friends. You know, you're actually, you're building a product. And that product is you. And there's no better investment than yourself. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, man. Oh, to, I, to, to a T. There's, it's, and it's not even, I understand that when most people think of investment, they think of money. And uh, I'm sure everyone knows about money and pro wrestling and how they go hand in hand. Um, but uh, really, it, it's just what can you do to better yourself in any way? It doesn't have to be financial. Uh, I would love it if everyone could, could afford professional gear, and, and they can't. 
but there are things that they can do. They can work on their promos. Uh, they can they can do all the body exercises that, that they need to get them in good cardio ring uh, conditioning if they can't afford a gym. There's all these little things that they can work on. And and I completely understand how how some people just don't have the self-motivation for that. Completely understand it. But if there are people out there that are willing to reach their hand out and give you that support, I, then I don't know how you could say no, how you couldn't go through with it. Well, not only that, I mean, you're talking about investment. And like you said, most people think about money, but they don't take the time to think about the investment in themselves. Mm-hmm. Not just because, you know, the, the you and I both know this. You've been around the block now. You've been on both sides of the fence. You've been at a regular tra- training facility. And mm-hmm. then you've been to somewhere where they teach you the business. Mm-hmm. And there's a big exactly. difference between being taught how to take a bump, a shitty bump. And being taught the business. Yep. Yeah, because as long as the check clears, I mean, what do they care? Yeah, and that, that's yeah. the sad thing, too, is that as long as you're right, as long as the check clears, you know, who, who cares? But every now and then you just you meet you meet uh, not even Nightmare Factory, but some places you meet that one or two uh, people that do care. They do care that your bump is clean, that you, you can grow from your match, that you can get better, that they can help you get through a good match. And then afterwards, it's, hey, let's talk about this and this can help you later on. There are some people like that out there and they deserve the whole world. Um, I don't know if I'm exactly one of those people. I, I'm trying my best and I, I hope it I hope I help. The people that I help out, you know. Well, all I can say is you have one of the best heads on your shoulders that I've heard probably in the past five years. Because guys in the locker room of today don't talk like that. It's mm-hmm. all about let me get my shit in. Mm-hmm. Hey, brother, give me a few minutes. I got to get to my merch table. Mm-hmm. They don't care about the show overall. They'll go out there and hawk their shit during the main event and take eyeballs off of the two guys that are out there that put the people in that building to begin with. I love that you just said that because there is nothing that'll make my eyes pop out of my head quicker than it's the main event. And I see like two people out there trying to, uh, trying to sit with or buddy, buddy with uh, people in the audience so they can walk them back to their merch table. And I just want to tear their heads right off. Yeah, but today's standards, that's pretty, that's pretty wild, man. Speaking of merch, we're not quite at the main event yet, so let's talk about your merch. And because uh, I see a T-shirt you have on now, and the uh, storybook T-shirt, you know. So where can we? I know we talk about pro wrestling tees, but where can we find more about Gaston, your social media, and all your merchandise? So uh, probably just like many people, I have a storybook uh, storybook tees. I have a <laughs> pro wrestling tees, and if you search storybook Prince Gaston, um, it'll pop right up. Uh, this the shirt I'm wearing right now was just a, a logo that I made for myself, and I make sure I put this logo uh, on the back of every T-shirt. Uh, if anyone goes to uh, Pro Wrestling Tees right now for Storybook Prince Gaston, you will see my current and latest design uh, that I am a huge fan of. My uh, a good friend of mine that I'm sure if anybody follows on social media, his name is Kid Bandit, uh, designed it for me. I met him at the factory. He's a he's a wonderful person. Um, as far as my socials are concerned, you know, you can find me on Facebook, just, uh, searching for the storybook Prince Gaston. I'm on Instagram. If you just look for no one quite like Gaston, you'll find me. And then, uh, same thing for, uh, Twitter, just type in storybook Gaston. I'll pop right up. It's definitely photos. You're, uh, you're not going to confuse with anybody else. That's for sure. 
and I'm going to give you some free advice. Forget the foam finger. You need to get a storybook foam. Oh, I do. I so do. And on the back of the storybook, just good night, princess. Oh, that would be a great idea. I wonder if I know anybody that can get me a deal on that. I need to look into that. That's a great idea, a foam book. This and time, I'll, I'll, I'll you take a one, dollar yeah. in perpetuity. <laughs> Just, this, just a little yeah. bit of money for for divorce. Nothing, nothing too big. Yeah, that's fine. Nothing too big. His, his promoter and marketing skills, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's back. how you make your money. You just take one percent from about a hundred people, and bam, there you are. There you go. Oh yeah, multi-level marketing, but mm-hmm. legal. There you go. So, <laughs> Mister Devore, yes, as sir. I do my five my final show here for a few weeks, I'm gonna go head back into vacation land. I'm going to ask you. Man, I, look, I got to know, what do, what do I got to do to live that life that you can take that many vacations? You know, you poke fun at me and talk about Cornelius. Yes, but I do. look at you, man. Every time I turn around, you're off to somewhere fabulous jet setting, jet setting with the stars. Well, like the old commercial from the 80s used to say, I learned it by watching you. <laughs> So with that being said, another excellent episode of the Diego and Divorce Show in the history books. Our guest tonight, storybook prince himself, Prince Gaston. Brother, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on the Diego and Divorce Show. You are a breath of fresh air to this industry and to the show. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I had a wonderful time with you guys. Absolutely. We'd love to have you on again down the road and do a catch-up episode of where you're at and what you're doing now. Uh, man, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now that if I can help it, I'll make sure I'll be another one of your championship wrestling from Memphis guys. And you can just add me to the group. There you go. <laughs> and you know what? That's going to happen. It's going to happen. Thank you for that. Mr. DeVore, as yes, I sir. already booked, as I already booked my Travelocity tickets for that garden elm guy, what I need you to do <laughs> is, and I know you've been practicing, you know, with your titanium vibrato voice of destiny and just take it home. I don't know about all that, but thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Diego Divorce Show. We would once again like to thank our guest tonight, Prince Gaston. If you haven't found this young man yet, look him up. It's well worth the lookup. We'd like to thank our sponsors tonight, Rogue Energy, and let's not forget Amazon. No special code, nothing you need. Just go to ucwforever.com, click on Amazon, shop as you normally do. They show some love to keep us on the air. So, until next time, where you find us on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or wherever you find your favorite podcast, stay safe. The Diego and Divorce Show. Every week, co-host Diego and Lord DeVore talk about pro wrestling, paranormal, entertainment, and beyond. Catch them on anchor.fm slash Diego-DivorShow. Spotify, Good Pods, Google Podcasts, or your favorite listening platform. Learn more at facebook.com slash Diego and Divorce Show or on Twitter at Diego and Divorce. It's not just a podcast. They are the Diego and Divorce Show.